Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Radical Hope Radio. I'm Georgia Suter, Director of Communications. Radical Hope was founded back in 2018 by Pam and Phil Martin when they lost their son Chris to suicide, and they became focused on building programs that help other young people build connections and develop emotional resilience. Reducing emotional and social isolation is a key part of the foundation's mission today. And today, we're so excited to welcome our new guest, Doreen Marshall, CEO of the National Eating Disorders Association. Doreen is an accomplished psychologist who has dedicated her career to helping people address mental health conditions through treatment, support, and education. Her extensive clinical experience spans community mental health, college counseling, outpatient, and private practice settings. Prior to her role as CEO of the National Eating Disorders Association, she served as the Vice President of Mission Engagement at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Doreen, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on to our podcast. We're so excited to have you. Um, I wanted to kind of kick things off just by um, asking if you could maybe tell us a little bit more about the history of the National Eating Disorders Association and a little bit more about what kind of work your organization does. Sure. Um, So the National Eating Disorders Association, also known as NEDA, N-E-D-A, Um, was formed in 2001. It was a merger between two other organizations, uh, the Eating Disorder Awareness and Prevention and the uh, American Anorexia Bulimia Association. They merged to form the National Eating Disorders Association. And so the organization was formed in 2001 um, and really has become the organization uh, known at the national level for eating disorder work. We do a number of different things. Um, A a big part of our mission is raising awareness uh, of eating disorders as a complex mental and physical health problem. Uh, But we also fund research, uh, eating disorder research specifically. We engage in advocacy to improve access to treatment and uh, provide information, education, and resources so that no one uh, who's impacted by an eating eating disorder has to go through that alone. We want people to be informed. And so that's a big part of our work. Um, The other thing I would just say is that I think we see this, a big part of our work is building community. Um, We really do feel like when people have an eating disorder, it's often um, they're suffering in silence, which is often the case with many mental health concerns. Um, We want people to know there's help out there and there's hope. That's great. And can you tell us a little bit more about your role specifically and, and some of the kinds of projects you're involved in? Yeah, so I'm the chief executive officer, um, which means I lead the organization, and I'm a psychologist by training. So I'm in kind of a unique um, role in the organization in that I'm responsible for um, basically making sure the organization is uh, following along our mission, engaging in mission-related work, and I'm responsible for the sustainability of the organization. But coming in with a psychology background, I um, am a licensed psychologist and practiced for a number of years. I know um, very intimately how profoundly people are affected by eating disorders. I've worked with many clients, um, certainly have been impacted in my personal life. I have family, friends who have struggled. 
And so, you know, coming to this work as the CEO, I really um, am looking for kind of what's the way that NIDA can improve the experiences of people who are impacted. And so, you know, we are building a resource center, which will be a a web-based resource center with lots of different information that's been curated, um, reviewed by content experts, um, because we want to also be a trusted resource. And I think that's the piece um, that I really take seriously in my role. You know, there's a lot of information out there, and we want to make sure that the information people get from NIDA um, is expert and, and is uh, up to date with what we know in terms of the science of eating disorders. That's, yeah, that's very important. That's wonderful. Um, my next question is sort of around some of the legislative adv- advocacy projects um, that you all are working in working on. I was wondering if you could kind of tell us a little bit about some of those um, projects and expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so we, um, our advocacy work, you know, again, is really with the goal of improving the experiences for those impacted by eating disorder. And a, a lot of this has to do with access to treatment. And so we are members of uh, two groups that are really groups of other organizations um, that engage collaboratively in advocacy projects. So one of those is the Eating Disorders Coalition, which is a group of eating disorder organizations um, that are focused on advancing uh, legislative uh, efforts and advocacy efforts within eating disorders. Uh, the other group that that we're part of is the Mental Health Liaison Group, and this is a coalition of over 60 uh, national organizations that represent really all of the spectrum of mental health concerns. And I think that's important because I think a lot of people think of eating disorders as separate from mental health concerns, and they are a mental health concern. Um, they're complex physical and mental health illnesses, and so we want to make sure that when there's advocacy happening in the bigger mental health space, that eating disorders are represented. Um, A recent effort that through uh, the mental health liaison group we supported um, was uh, HR 2412, which is the Helping Kids Cope Act. And that act basically um, is around building out kind of capabilities or, or really training workforce and, and building out, um, improving the current capacity um, for pediatric mental and behavioral health care. And that includes, of course, eating disorder care. That's great. And um, in my own research, just going through some of the other projects that your organization is sort of spearheading, um, I came across the BODY Project. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about this project, what it encompasses, and elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, so the Body Project um, was an intervention that was developed by researchers. Um, It's a group-based intervention that provides a forum for um, high school girls and college-age women to confront unrealistic appearance ideals and develop healthy body image and self-esteem. So it has some evidence behind it that it's been shown to reduce body dissatisfaction, uh, negative mood impacts, uh, unhealthy dieting, and disordered eating. 
So one way to think of this is it's kind of what I think of as an upstream approach in that it's really trying to catch uh, women and girls specifically early um, around kind of behaviors that could contribute to disordered eating. So uh, what we do is we um, have been hosting virtual uh, body project training sessions. And uh, this year we trained 90 new facilitators of this program who will then take the program and deliver it to uh, high school aged girls. Um, the program is right now, it's, it's geared towards high school aged girls and college aged women. Um, but there is obviously a, a role for educating other groups, including men um, and including women and men and people of all genders, all ages, all body types, uh, because we know that eating disorders does not affect just one group. It just is this particular program was developed for high school um, and college age women. Wow, that's incredible. And so important just in light of all of the research and the recent CDC reports around teen girls and the depression and anxiety and eating disorders that they're experiencing and the role of social media and all of that. So that's super cool. Um, given that, so eating disorders are also mental health issues, um, wondering how you and kind of your organization feels about how our communities can better support the mental health of youth today in light of the, the youth mental health crisis and that everything that's sort of going on right now with social media and all of that, um, how do you feel like our communities can maybe step up and do better for young people? Yeah, it's such an important question. And I think one of the things we should all recognize is that um, young people today are influenced by, they get their information from lots of different places, including social media being a very big source of information. And um, there can be good things about that in that, um, particularly when we have um, folks that are social influencers or, or in the social eye talking openly about their mental health concerns, um, that's, that's good. Uh, we want people to do that to reduce stigma. At the same time, some of the information that is out there is um, very much pro-diet culture and really um, kind of pushing people toward an appearance ideal. Um, and we know from uh, more recent research that this does have an impact. So I, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, what we can do to support our young people is to have open conversations about mental health, about eating disorders. You know, I often tell people when I speak publicly, you know, sometimes the best way to start that conversation is to say, hey, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about eating disorders. And I'm wondering, you know, what you think about that. Do you know anyone who struggles? Have you ever struggled? You know, and really just kind of being willing to have that open conversation and then not being afraid to listen and to say, you know, that sounds really serious. I'm concerned. Let's see how we can connect you to some resources and help. Um, one of the things Nita has on our website, which is uh, nationaleatingdisorders.org, is a screening tool. So anyone age 13 and up can go to the website and you take the screening tool and it basically provides you some information, but it asks you questions about your eating behavior. And really it's to kind of raise awareness for the person taking the screener about how these behaviors can connect to disordered eating or an eating disorder. Um, but also it pro 
then point you to information about that and where you can connect to help and resources. And, you know, we are close to having a million people complete that screener since we put it up on the website. So, you know, again, this is one of the things that people can do. And you can point young people there. The screener is really intended for 13 and up. But the idea is, I think, to just have an open conversation, not be afraid to listen, and then not be afraid to point people to resources. Um, The other thing I would say is I think the best thing we can do as adults, in addition to what I just said, is um, to not be afraid to model taking care of our mental health and our bodies. So, you know, I can say, you know, I can be very concerned about a young person's eating disorder, but if I'm you know, worried about um, weight or weight concerns or comparing myself, doing the social comparisons, you know, kids know that, right? They see that. And I think one of the things it's important for us to model is body acceptance, right? And not pursuing this um, comparison or or these ideals um, that are reinforced in society. So, you know, I think that's another thing that the adults around them can do really is model how to do that, um, how to be accepting and really kind of minimizing our own comparison and promotion of diet culture. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And really helpful to know about those resources um, to anyone listening to know that those um, resources exist and that anyone can take those kind of surveys and questions to learn more about themselves or family members that they might be concerned about. Um, well, this was great. I think we covered a lot. Um, before we close, just wanted to see if there's anything else you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess just in closing to recognize that that while there are, are many organizations that are working to promote eating disorder awareness and provide resources, this is still an area that um, needs more attention. And so, you know, this is where I think advocacy comes in and um, really just trying to raise awareness of the importance of taking eating disorders seriously, right? Promoting help connecting people to help, but also recognizing them as part of the larger mental health conversation. I think that's really important. And, you know, in summary, I think I would just say if anyone listening, if you or someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, you're not alone. Uh, We know that over 28 million people will struggle with an eating disorder at some point in their lifetime and that there's help out there for you. And you can start by going to our website at nationaleatingdisorders.org and get some information, take the screener, but really um, look for help, right? Connect to the helpful resources. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, And don't be afraid to acknowledge if you're concerned. Um, I think that's kind of the best first step Um, It's also important we look out for each other. So if you have a friend or someone you're concerned about, not to be afraid to raise the conversation Um, Mm -hmm. and to do it just the way I said, you could say, I was listening to something about eating disorders. I want to talk to you about that. It's a good way to kind of get started on having an open dialogue about mental health. Yeah, that's great. Um, And to kind of echo what Doreen just said, um, we'd like to close sort of by saying for everyone listening, Stay hopeful, stay safe, stay connected, and remember that you are not alone. You can learn more about our work at RadicalHopeFoundation.org. Thank you so much, Doreen. It was great having you on. Thanks for having me. 
Take care. Take care.